Welcome to the Free Retiree Show. My name is Lee Michael Murphy. I've been in wealth management for the last 10 years right in the heart of the Silicon Valley. People have always asked me, how do I achieve financial independence? And while the financial world wants you to believe it's as simple as investing your money, I'm here to tell you it's a small piece of the puzzle. I've seen four consistent factors in the people that have achieved financial independence. One, they excel in their career. Two, they manage their money properly. Three, they're able to avoid devastating financial mistakes. They can see through the BS. And lastly, they understand they need to learn from the best, the people that have achieved success in their career and their finances. Join us on our journey as we learn how to become free retirees. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations on making a fantastic decision to start your day. You're listening to The Free Retiree Show. For today's episode, we're going to be discussing how you find joy in your career. It's so common in today's society for people to be absolutely miserable at their jobs, constantly jumping from job to job, almost functioning in a state of depression. Today, we have an expert guest who focuses on helping people change just that. Her name is Z Najarian. She's a clarity coach and a transformational specialist, and she helps people find joy in their everyday lives and in the workplace. Serge, I know you said in past episodes that depression and anxiety in the workplace is all too common. How do you think Z's perspective can help change and help the listeners? Yeah, I mean, first, that was an amazing intro. You're getting better by the daily. I mean, that was great. Yeah, no, I was super excited to have Z on. I think being that I've been in Silicon Valley for 10-ish years now, I've seen a lot of stress, anxiety, depression. I've had all those things also. So I think it's just like great to have somebody like Z on because I think right now, especially with COVID going on, people need to hear this. I think people are stressing out, losing their minds, and uh, excited to have you on, Z. And Matt, I know the attorney world, you tell me on a weekly basis that it's stressful. I mean, what do you think the stress level is for your job or someone in your profession? On a scale of one to 10, I'd say like 20. But (laughs) um, I mean, I think I think I need the most help from Z. Let's just say that. Awesome. So hey, this is gonna be great. We're looking forward to having her on. So before we get into it, if you haven't done so yet, Please share our show, like us on Facebook, LinkedIn. If you have questions, career-related, financial-related, legal-related, send them to ask at thefreeretiree.com. We're going to take a quick break, and when we're back, we'll be talking to Z. Stay tuned. Welcome back into the Free Retiree Show. We are Z Najarian. She's a clarity coach that helps people find joy in their careers. She's been seen on Voyage LA, Graceful Gladiators, and the Working Women's Wealth. Z is also a global payroll manager. She manages a team of eight people and they process payroll for approximately 14,000 employees. Z, thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? Lee, I'm so excited to be here. I'm doing great. I'm really excited to talk about this subject and just help people bring more joy into their workplace and in their life. If someone is in payroll and they're able to find joy, 
Props to you. I mean, I mean, it's someone in the finance world that deals with payroll and sees that. I mean, you must be an expert. I mean, how are you? How are you doing that in the payroll world? So it took me a really long time to get here. For most of my life, I thought that the thing that's going to bring me joy is my career, my title, how much money I make. And so I went around most of my life just going from like lower pay to higher pay to higher pay, just moving up in the corporate world and changing my title. And still, every time something fell off and people kept telling me, I need to stop complaining because I have it all. I have a degree. I have good paying job. I've made it in the corporate world, but it just felt off. So then I knew I'm like, I have to do something about this. It seems like I have everything. I have a great title, but it's not feeling right. So then I had to go into this really big personal development journey to really figure out who am I? What is it that I really like to do? What am I good at? And how can I bring that into my workplace and into the current work that I'm doing? So you are the Marie Kondo of career. (laughs) Ah, yes. She's sparking joy. If it is not joy, cut it out. (laughs) I love that. Thank you. We we gave a little bit of an intro. I I did. I gave you an intro on what you do. Why don't you tell the listeners in your own words what you do? Yeah, it's really simple. I help people who kind of feel like something's not off. They either feel overworked or they feel like, is there is this all that there is to life? There has to be more. I help them figure out what is it that brings them joy. And then how can they start exactly where they're at in whatever field they're at in wherever they are in life without doing anything crazy? I think most people shy away from making a change or doing things that bring them more joy because they think it has to be drastic. We hear all these stories that you know, they, someone quit their job and they were in debt and they couldn't pay their bills and they did something really drastic. And we think we can't do that. I have a family or I have kids. I can't quit my job. I have bills to pay. And so I really help people just start exactly where they're at and figure out how they can bring more of their authentic self and they can bring more joy into the work that they do in their career and in their personal lives. I love it. I'm looking at your website, Z. And I see something that's really sticking out to me. It says, you are meant to do shit your own way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Elaborate. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I really believe that we all have certain likes. We have certain um, personalities, certain characteristics, because we're meant to use that in whatever work that we're doing. And the challenge is trying to figure out how can I use those things that I like to do my own way or the things that are special to me, my personality, how can I use that to get ahead in my career or to live a more joyful life? And that is my point. I see so many people trying to change who they are and do things like how other people are doing it, but you are definitely made to do shit your own way. Whatever feels right, the way that you're doing it, that's exactly how you have to do it. The challenge is trying to figure out how to really tie that in to let's say your career the work that you're doing so z for the average person in the silicon valley i feel like there are a lot of people that really enjoy what they do but i feel that the average they're okay with what they do they like their they might like it they might not they're kind of in this middle ground or like ah it is what it is right i gotta do what i gotta do to put food on the table for my family yeah 
make a living. But when they're off the clock, it's the the happiest point in their life, right? And when they're not working, they're like, yes, this is this is my life. Do you think that's a healthy or do you think it's realistic? What is your view of the average person in corporate America, the average hardworking individual, if they have that feeling? So we're whole human beings. We can't, we're not a different person at home than we are at work. But some people certainly do act that way. So because they feel like, oh, I can't wait until it's five o'clock when I get out. So I see people trying to separate, oh, I'm this person at work and I'm this person at home. And I work with this lady who did a, what do you call it? team bonding event. And one of the questions was to try to figure out if a coworker is introverted or extroverted. And truly the answer for her was, is that she's very introverted. And everyone else was shocked because everyone thought she's extroverted. That made her realize, oh, I'm actually not being who I really am. I'm not bringing my true authentic self to work. And that's really tiring. To be someone else than who you really are is really tiring. And I think that's really why most people want to get out of work. They're so excited for weekends because something that they're doing at work is not being true and authentic to who they really are. And that's really not healthy. We have a system in our body and everything works together. So if we try to take that into parts and say, I'll be this person at work and this person at home, that really doesn't work well. So what I've seen is it's not really the actual work that are do- that you're doing, right? Like payroll. I'm not too excited to do payroll. I don't love working with numbers too much. There's nothing really exciting about that. But what I've realized is what I really like to do is I like to take big concepts and break them down into understandable terms. And then I explain those concepts to my team. I know that I really like to inspire people. So I've been bringing more of that into the work that I do. It's bringing who you really are, that shit that you like to do your own way. It's bringing more of that into the workplace. And that's what's really going to bring you that joy where you're not thinking, oh, I can't wait till it's five o'clock and until I'm out of here. I can't wait until it's uh, the weekend. Hey, Z, so I, I kind of pride myself on bringing my authentic self to work, but I think I don't want this to sound the wrong way, but I think a ton of people in corporate America are fake as shit. And they. <laughs> Lawyers too. (laughs) But but here's the counterpoint. Matt, you may see this too. They tend to rise in corporate America and they go with this fake it till you make it. So I guess Mm -hmm. like my question for you is like, I sometimes see people who may, may not be real, maybe faking it to like climb that ladder. But to me, I don't know if that's sustainable. What are your, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, so let's explore that a little. So the question is, just because they're making it, just like my story was, I made it, I was making a lot of money, I had that title, just because it looks like I'm making it, am I really making it? Like, how am I feeling on the inside? And for me, that voice kept getting louder, telling me that something's not right, something doesn't feel right, and I followed it. And a lot of people don't. They don't feel so great, but they're like, no, I am getting that title. I'm getting that money. And to everyone else around them, it looks like, oh, so I need to be fake to make it. Mm. But those are the people who get burned out. Those are the people who maybe as they're getting older, think, oh, I really didn't live an authentic life. So 
your success doesn't look like my success. It, for someone, it might be, I just want to make a million dollars and I'm going to be perfectly happy. And that might really be what makes them happy. But chances are, if someone's being fake and making it and climbing up that corporate ladder, they're not really feeling great on the inside. Love it. Yeah, that's really insightful. So for someone, like say we do data analytics, it's, it's a job. There's people in accounting that they do it. There's no joy. They're empty inside. What's the start? And it can be any profession. I'm not picking on those listeners. Sorry if you are one of those. We love you. <laughs> but wh- where do you start? Like where do you yeah. start if you want to make that change? So any in anything in life, when you want to start making a change in any field, in any area in your life, it's get curious. So ask questions. The quality of the questions that you ask determines the quality of life that you live. So start asking better questions. So ask yourself, what is it that I really like to do? What really brings me joy? And sometimes people don't know that. Like, I don't know. I work with women all the time that say, nothing brings me joy. I'm not great at anything. So if that's the case, then start talking to people who are really close to you. Ask them, when you need help, what do you come to me for? So when I, when I first asked that question, people started telling me, oh, when I don't understand how to do something, I know that you can break it down for me. I never knew I was good at that because I'm so close to it. I feel like everyone knows that. So we usually dismiss those things because we think that everyone knows that because it's so close to us. So when you start talking to other people, they give you great insight about who you are. So ask them what they come to you for. And then ask yourself, when am I feeling the proudest? Or what is the, when is the last time I felt really proud of something? And then that will give you an insight on what it is that you really like to do. Because a lot of times our proud moments are the moments that you know, brought us the most joy. That's a great place to start. And then start trying to figure out, okay, how can I bring more of that into the workplace, into my career, into whatever it is that I'm doing? So for me, that meant initially I was just processing payroll, right? For me, that meant, oh, okay, so I'm really good at breaking down concepts. So when people come to me and they ask me a question, I'm going to help them more rather than I used to feel self-conscious. Oh, I'm really not going to answer them because then they're going to perceive me like this person who's a know-it-all. So it's figuring out what are those things that you're really good at that brings you joy and then bringing more of that into the workplace. Yeah, that totally makes sense. It's fantastic. Yeah, no, I think uh, like one of the things that I feel like with my job, it's kind of like a mixed bag, like some things I really enjoy. And then there's some things that I just that kill me on the inside. And I think one thing I kind of do is I, I try to change up my perspective. I, I kind of lean on my competitiveness and it's like, I use that as a drive because I don't want to lose to anything. I don't want to lose any single argument, any point, anything. And I, I think sometimes I, I, I lean on that to bring me out. Sounds like you kind of figured out you're just really competitive. And when you're, you have a task that you're not really passionate about doing, you're like, no, but I'm really competitive and you're going at it. Yeah. I think, I think a lot this, like a lot of things, it's, it's all about perspective. You got to use different things to motivate you and look at it in different ways. Yeah. But what is it about your job? What aspects do you really like? I really like, I mean, I really like research and writing. That's one thing. It's, probably one of the most 
time consuming things that I do, but, uh, it's, there's other things that like, that aren't always bad, but sometimes bad. Like for, for instance, like a deposition when I have to like, you know, basically interview somebody. And for example, it's a family case and, uh, it's let's say father and son or mother and daughter, and they're at each other's throat and the emotional just vibe surrounding everything. And it's just so negative and, it's just, it can be a very vile situation. And sometimes I feel like that negativity, as much as I try to block it from me, it still consumes me because I'm so in it. And uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's just one example <laughs> where the case just, we're still in these cases and we work them for sometimes two to three years. They, they, they consume us. We, be, we become a part of them. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. But then I say, look at the thing that you really like. You like to do the research and the writing and then ask yourself, how can I do more of that? Definitely. Hey, Z, so for yeah. a lot of people, they might have this joy, right? They might know what it is. And I'll just use myself as an example. I love what I do. I love the world of finance. But before I got into it, I was a enterprise rent-a-car employee, and I hated it. Sergio knows. Sergio, you guys are both alumni. I mean, he's that's the only. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, he, he wrote really me into up. it. It's the only thing I really. I got, uh, I got, I think I got him a five hundred dollar uh, referral fee for you getting hired. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of money. He stole my soul away for five hundred dollars. He's an amazing <laughs> friend. So, I remember when you guys worked you know, there. You guys were working what seven days a week, sixty-hour weeks. It was insane. It was slave labor. It was, uh, I've said before, there's nothing more humbling than cleaning a car in a tie and suit and your eye gets sucked up into a vacuum cleaner. It is just the worst feeling. <laughs> yeah, and they like so, on college kids still, man. They like set up on college campuses. It's all bad. Yeah, it's all good experience, especially if you're coming out of college. But yeah, just, yeah, it's it's tough. But not to, I digress. That life... At that point in time, I was not happy. It's good that I went into the world of finance. I love what I do. But let's say that never happened. Let's say I had to go to my plan B. And if I'm looking at something that I really love, like I'm a volunteer soccer coach. I don't get paid anything, but I love it. The only problem is it doesn't pay much. It actually pays next to nothing, even if I did it as a career. So what would you say to someone in that sort of situation that's like, hey, I make good money at what I do, but to make that change to my joy, it's not going to pay me nearly enough. I don't feel like I could really make a living. How do you address that issue? Well, I'm going to challenge you there because I don't think that that's correct. There's plenty of people making a lot of money doing things that you can never imagine would make money. So first you have to stop saying that to yourself. So you, I always say you will always find what you're looking for. So if you're looking for reasons why this thing you want to do is never going to happen, it's no, you can't make it, you're not going to make money from it, then you'll always find reasons for that. But if you start looking on the other side of why this would work and what are the different ways that I can make this work. So for you, you like coaching soccer, you said, was it soccer? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you like coaching soccer. Fine. You think you can't make enough money doing that. But what is there something else you can do that's related to coaching? For example, can you coach other people to be coaches? And can you make money that way? So there's always so many ways to make money. I met this lady one time who had a uh, TV show on HGTV. 
I think it was one of those house makeovers or whatever. But she was really passionate about canning. Canning. I'm like, do people still can? Like food? Is that a thing? <laughs> and she decided that she's just going to start teaching people how to can. And eventually that started making so much money that she quit her job at HGTV. She was producing that show. So you can't imagine how you'll make money in which areas it'll come from. But if you keep telling yourself that that's never going to do it, it never is. It's like learning a new word. As soon as you learn that new word, you start hearing it everywhere. Did the whole world learn it with you? No, you just opened up your mind to it. So now that you hear that word all the time. So you're always going to find what you're looking for. And sometimes it might, it might be too drastic. I, I never recommend anyone to just quit their job and like switch over to something which they're like, this is never going to make me that much money, but I'm just going to quit my job and go over there. That's too high of a jump. And you're either going to get disappointed. You're going to want to quit because it's not happening quick enough. You're in like the starvation mode that no, I need this to make money. So start gradually and keep doing it, keep doing it on the side, put more and more time into it and stop telling yourself that it's never going to make enough money. Yeah. Just to build on that, I think it's like about identifying what's good for you is you identified and called out what you love doing, mentoring and coaching. I know it's like you, you love doing that for soccer, but I think you just like mentoring and coaching. So That's like a good you, point. you could mentor and coach financial advisors and I'm not just like singling out you, but like you could like, we all could do that. Like, I know I like mentoring and coaching. So like going back to Z's point in my work, I know I love building relationships with people and that sort of thing. So it's like about finding how can you maximize those strengths and and find those opportunities to put yourself in that position more often. Cause you're not going to love all of your work all the time. That's just, it's not possible. Sorry. It's not joy. A (laughs) hundred (laughs) percent. Yeah. No, that makes a ton of sense. I mean, I, I can see that now. So Z, it sounds like a lot of times the solution might be for people to start being more entrepreneurial because if they have these things that they're good at and they enjoy, may, they're not necessarily a company that hires for those things. So you might have to be entrepreneurial and do your own thing. Are you saying that that might be the solution? Yeah, that's what I found that most people that start off with that feeling, they don't want they might not even think that they're entrepreneurial or they, they're like, I don't want to do anything on my own. But once I go through the process with them, they start kind of realizing, oh, well, I think I'd love to do this thing on my own and try it out on my own. So a lot of times I've seen that that's the case, but it doesn't have to be. I've seen so many people actually just bringing more of themselves, doing the things we talked about into their workplace and never even wanting to be entrepreneurial. But I've seen a lot of cases where, yes, it does. They do tend to start thinking that way. I think that it's always good when you you can be your own boss. I think that always brings a little bit of happiness to anyone. Universal. Totally agree. See, I was going to ask, you mentioned like finding your strengths earlier and like what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Have you, what do you think about, or do you know about the Clifton Strengths Finder? That's something that's uh-huh. been like floating around at a lot of the different companies I've been at where you can like identify, you answer like a hundred questions and it spits out what you're kind of what you're good at. And I think that's helped me at least identify some areas that I can bring into my everyday life because I haven't <laughs> been able to figure out the entrepreneurial thing yet. So I think it's like, how do I maximize my time in corporate America while I'm there? Yeah, I think those tests are great and it works for a majority of the people. But if you're someone like me, 
I find that I tend to want to alter my answers when I'm taking those tests. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I get into this, well, what is the right answer? What do I really want, you know, the outcome to be? So I start getting in my head with it. To me, I found like the best way to do it is to just trust it. I believe that we all know what we want to do, what we like to do, what brings us joy. We just don't trust it. So those tests are great if it works for you. There's no one answer to anything. If that works for you, it's great. But I'm here to say if those things don't work as well, just listen to yourself and just trust it. Love that. So Z, how did you get into this? How did you know that this is your gift? Like, how did you know that this is something you wanted to do? So it's interesting. So I think that a lot of times we teach the thing that we need to learn the most. This is a journey that I went on to figure this out on my own. And now I kind of teach it. But the biggest thing that really, I had this light bulb moment is, I think about five years ago, I was trying to figure it out. What is it? How can I really live a life that feels authentic to me? And I was reading this book called The School of Greatness by Lewis Howes. And um, in there, it was just like this two sentences that he put together. He said, oh, when I was growing up, I used to watch football with my dad. And the announcer said, so-and-so is an all-American athlete. And I asked my dad, what's an all-American athlete? And he said, oh, he's just one of the greatest players that leads the team to victory. And he said, from there, I decided I wanted to be an all-American athlete and I wanted to play football. But throughout the years, he realized that it's not that he wanted to play football. He just wanted to be great and lead people to their greatness. And so sometimes, and that was like such a light bulb moment, sometimes we think that our career is, or our profession, that's what we want because that's what we're passionate about. But that's really a means to an end. So what does wanting that really mean to you? And I think Sergio kind of touched up on that when he told Julie that you just like mentoring and coaching. It's not really soccer. It doesn't matter what it is. You just like that. So that made me think about what is it that I really wanted to be when I was growing up? And I always wanted to like be an actress for some reason. I can't act. I really hate acting, but I always wanted to be an actress. So when I thought about that, I realized, oh, being an actress meant that I can inspire people through film, that I can make them feel certain emotions and I can make them be great. So that's the essence of what I want to do. Be at whether it's acting, playing the piano, because being a musician also evokes emotions. For a period in my life, I wanted to be a pianist. And so I went back and I thought about all those professions that I wanted to get into and what I wanted to be when I was younger. And then really started analyzing and connected the dots that way. That's a really that's a really great way to look at it. It's like a kind of a, a reverse way of thinking about it. Like you, you think about the end effect rather than the actual outlet that you're using. Uh, it's really cool. I think yeah. I think that could be applicable to so many things. Yep. Yeah, I really like that perspective, and I think uh, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, just in my own life, I look back on it, I'm like, how did I end up in the world I'm at now? How would I end up being a financial advisor and managing money? Going way back when I was probably five or six, one of my favorite things to do is I had a piggy bank and I would count all my pennies and nickels and quarters. And I thought it was the greatest thing ever. I think I was a weird kid, but hey, look at me now. <laughs> they worked out all right. But yeah, I, but I, I really, I love that 
advice to go back to what you were when you were a kid and what you really enjoyed to think that's the purest form of yourself and there's probably a lot of things you can uncover by looking at that yeah sure and you want to be a dream crusher lee and crush those dreams <laughs> hey, there's a backstory here z Early in our early episodes, he was was not about kids following their passions. Oh no! <laughs> I, I was a dream crusher. A joint killer, but, maybe you know, you I, say. My, I, I, <laughs> yeah, he's painting this terrible light, guys. He's gonna hate me. I, I am not a joy crusher. I just slightly crushed Joy. I, I told I told him I said, "Hey, I, my kid wants to grow up and be the world's greatest philosopher." I'd slap him because, you know, like, I spent all the money if you go to school. You got you to gotta do something that you j- enjoy, but also know that you can make money from it. So I will preface. Yeah, all jokes aside, I think it's like being realistic, right? Understanding what you're good at, but also like, if you say you want to be a rock star, but you suck at the guitar, like, be realistic. <laughs> yeah, but what is it about being a rock star that you, you know, get to the essence of it, that you probably think that's a medium to get you to somewhere? And as kids, we're like in our most purest form. I feel like we can manifest and do anything because we don't have all these preconceived ideas. No one told us that that's not possible or you can't do that. You're not good enough. So we are just in our purest form and we're the most connected to who we really are and what we really love to do. So if we can think back to those times, or even if you can ask like a parent, a sibling, someone who knew you around that time, they can really give you a great insight. Because as we get older, we get further and further away, I think, from who we really are because we let society influence us and we let our parents, people around us, tell us that we can't do this and it's not good enough. And I don't want to say anything about Lee, but sounds like that's what he's doing. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. So just to pivot a little bit, in this COVID world that we're living in, I think a lot of people are kind of living like day to day, just trying to figure it out, whether it's homeschooling or figuring out their new work from home environment. Are there any like daily habits or tips that you have to spark that joy and have people have more joy in their everyday lives just from like a very tactical day-to-day sense? Yeah, so it's really for me what's helped the most is actually sticking to somewhat of a schedule, right? To me, what makes me really happy in the mornings is when I get up. I have a cup of coffee and then I have some quiet time, like 15 minutes, whether that's meditating, reading a book, just sitting in quiet. I know that brings me joy. And so I keep that routine. I don't throw it out the window just because, okay, now everyone's at home and the kids are at home and X, Y, and Z. No, I stick to some type of routine and then I I do something that brings me joy. For someone that might be sitting out on their balcony or taking a bath for like 15 minutes, whatever it is that you know that just brings you pure joy, just do that every single day. Like it. You're talking about your morning routine and those kind of things are definitely awesome and keep keeping a regular routine. But I think a lot of people, when the the chaoticness of having the whole family home and, or just something comes up at work and some emergency or something, they skip that they'll skip those things and they they think of those things as kind of expendable and they don't have to do them. 
And I, I would argue that no matter what, you got to keep that routine because that's going to keep your happiness or it's going to help you at least. Exactly. You got to make it a non-negotiable part of your day. I mean, it doesn't have to be like five hours. Like for me, it's like 15 minutes. And honestly, let's be honest. We're not brain surgeons here. Nothing's going to happen in 15 minutes. Like in my, in the payroll world, no one's going to die if I'm away for 15 minutes. And we just have to remind ourselves that it's non-negotiable. A lot of times everything seems like an emergency, but is it really, if we step back and we really think about it, I can step away for 15 minutes. Nothing is going to burn down. No one's going to die. It's okay. Oh, that's such a huge point. Cause I think, I think so many of the obstacles and constraints that we put on ourselves are self-imposed. They're not real emergencies. They're not real things that you have to do. And when it's when you step back and kind of take a look, it's like, you're like, oh, wow. And, 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 and that, can, that itself, just stepping back and realizing that can bring peace. Like, hey, I don't have to go kill myself right now on this or do this. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, Z, we, a lot of the people we bring on, we always have the conversation about upbringing. And it seems after just reading a little bit more about you, your parents had high expectations of you. Would yeah. love just to hear more about how you were brought up, your parents, and what sort of influence you think they had on you. Yeah, so I grew up in a family that told me, we're going to give you food and shelter. We weren't rich or anything, but I didn't have to worry about where I was going to sleep and what I was going to eat. And you have to go to school. you got to graduate high school. You need to get a degree, and you need to get a good paying job. So those are the things they expected. But on top of that, everything had to be like an A+. Plus. They weren't into this B. Why are you getting B's or anything lower than an A? Because we're providing everything for you. You need to focus on that. And so for most of my life, that also comes from that, that I associated high achievement with happiness. So mm. that I need to do more. I need to constantly be doing something, doing more and getting more pay and advancing in my career so that I can feel like I'm enough, like this is making me happy. But I quickly realized that that wasn't the case. But those things, those traits that they taught me, those things served me because I don't give up easily. I work really hard in whatever it is that I'm doing. So it's learning how to manage those things and understanding that those are great traits. Like they taught me huge self-integrity. Like if you say something, you better do it. My dad would like be so angry if I ever said something and didn't do it. And that's something I don't see a lot in people. I feel like it's become the norm to not expect people to do the things they say they're going to do. And so I got those qualities, but you got to also realize how to use them so they serve you and they don't have the opposite effect because I've gone through burnout. I've gone through like working every single minute of the day because that's what I was taught. That's super interesting. Yeah, I always think it's it's, uh, important to call out kind of where you came from and how those values that your environment kind of instill in you it seems like it's you were able to recognize the the negatives but also the positives and what kind of helped you be who you are today yeah and honestly I've gotten jobs earlier on in my career where I didn't really know anything and the only reason I got that job was because someone referred me and they told the hiring manager that she has great work ethic like If she says she'll do something, she'll do it. And I got the job. So that's really served me that when I look back, I'm like, I didn't, I didn't know anything in that field. I didn't even deserve it. But I knew that if I get in, I'd work really hard at it. And if it's something I didn't know that I would learn it. And so that's really served me in many areas of my life. 
The, when you work with your clients, how long do you work with them for? Like when you take them through your process, like what does that look like? Usually it's six weeks, but that depends. If I'm doing like a group coaching program, then that's usually six weeks. If we're all, if we're working one-on-one, it really depends on the client, where they are in their life and how fast they can actually work through the process. And everyone has their own timeline. So I would say probably six to 10 weeks. And if they want to learn more about what you do, where can they find more information about that? Yeah, so I'm at zinajarian.com and also mostly on Instagram at zinajarian, but also on Facebook too. All right, we'll keep an eye out for you. Hey, Z, thank you for coming on today. Your your perspective is so refreshing. I mean, honestly, I am a bit more happy than I was when I started just you being on the show. So thank you for that. Yeah, I that love was really, that. Really great insight. Yeah, yeah this thank was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, guys. We loved it. It was our pleasure. Thank you guys for listening to the Free Retiree Show. So long for now. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated. Member FINRA, www.finra.org. SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed with the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson and Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Security America companies. Securities America Incorporated Security America advisors and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. Third-party sourced information comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Facebook Incorporated. The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.